The following is a production of Phoenix Media. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. Mystery and thrilling adventure have filled the lives of Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen on their cruise around the world aboard the last of the clipper ships, the Clara M. In our last episode, we heard how, following a tremendous storm, during which the captain was badly injured, the crew mutinied under the leadership of a sailor named Limey. Only after they had completely taken the ship did Superman step in and save the situation. As our last episode ended, we heard how Cheek Barnaby, peg-legged first mate aboard the Clara M, persuaded Clark Kent not to have the men thrown into irons. Our scene is now the crew's quarters of the ship, where Cheek Barnaby is talking to the men. Listen. Holds. Every last one of you. And the biggest fool of all is Limey there. The man that persuaded you to mutiny. These men and myself are scared of what's going to happen, that's all. Every man jack of us is wanted by the authorities, you know that. What's going to happen when one of the officers on board the San Jose spots us, eh? You're going to all keep out of sight as much as possible. How can we keep out of sight? The time comes to transfer the old man to the stretch, eh? I can just see it in my mind's eye. A couple of the lads helping to get the captain down into the motor launch they'll send over. One of the officers in that launch saying sudden like, Off a moment, good fella. Ain't I seen you somewheres before? Devil take me. I don't see you. You don't see. Well, I do. What happens after that is an investigation, that's what. An investigation of every man aboard this here ship. There'll be no investigation while I'm master here. Yeah, that's what you say. You don't believe me, eh? No, I don't. Well, then, let me remind you of one thing. When I paid you men to sign on here, I promised you that no harm would come to you. And so far, I've kept my word. You know what Mr. Kent wanted to do with you men? He wanted to turn you over to the offices of the San Jose and have the Clarion escorted into Caracas. You all know what that would mean. An investigation. That's you what and your investigation. It would mean prison. Prison for the rest of your natural lives. And maybe hanging for some of you. I tell you, we ain't going to expose ourselves by letting the officers aboard the San Jose spot us. I said I take care of that. That's what you say. I've got a job to do. And you've all been paid to help me do it. You'll take the ship and I give the word, and no sooner. Do I make my meaning clear? And don't forget it, neither. Now, as I was saying... Wait a minute. What is it? Quiet, quiet. Someone listening at the door. 
keep talking. I'll throw this door open sudden like and we'll find out who it is. Come to pay us a visit, did you? Why, yes, Mr. Barnaby. I, I thought I'd drop in for, for a talk. Right kind of you, lad. But why didn't you walk right in, lad? Afraid to break in on our conversation, were you? Why, no. That is, I just got here. I, I didn't even know you were talking to the men. Of course, there wouldn't be no reason why you shouldn't break in on us. Now, would there? No, sir, it wouldn't. Of course not. And, uh, suppose you did overhear a word or two. There'd be no reason to go and, uh, tell Mr. Kent. Now, would there? No, sir, it wouldn't. Uh, Irish, hey, sir. Hand me that knife and that whetstone. Yeah, sure, then, Mr. Barnaby, you'd Hand me that me. knife, bless you. And that sharpener's stone. What? What are you going to do, Mister Barnaby? Just going to sharpen this knife, lad. <laughs> Look at that blade, lad. Nice and long and sharp. It'll be real sharp when I get done with it. Why? Why are you sharpening it? Always got to sharpen a knife before you use it, Jim. It uh, cuts cleaner. Does its work quicker. I guess I'll be getting up on deck now. Now, now, don't go. Don't go. Not yet a while, lad. Stay and talk with me and the boy. That's what you come down here for, didn't you? Yes, but I... There. There, she's nice and sharp. <laughs> Beautiful knife, ain't she? Just uh, feel the edge of it. Oh, thanks. I... Well, I guess she's about ready to do the job I planned for her. So then... Mr. Barnaby, listen. I won't say anything about what I heard on my word of honor. I won't. I'll forget everything honest. Honest, I will. Oh, now, lad. What's to get excited about? Had old Keek Barnaby set about chopping a knife to whittle himself a new leg without you getting excited? Is that what you're going to use the knife for? Well, what else would I use it for, lad? I didn't know. My wooden leg uh, was bad splintered, you know. I'm just able to get around on it. It won't last much longer. Got to whittle myself a new one. Of course, sir. Knife can be put to other uses, too. For instance, I remember once when I sailed in a good ship, Sea Wolf, one of the crew uh, talked a little too much. And one morning they found... Huh? Well, that must be the San Jose. He arrived at St. Captain off at last. Run along, lad, and tell Mr. Kent I'll be on deck in short order. And, uh, that's all you tell him. Understand? Aye, sir. Aye. Jimmy, Irish, on deck. I'll be wanting you two to lower the captain overside. We'll be spotted that spot. And that's what you're open to. Keep your faces turned and no one will question you. Get going. Hey, Mr. Barnaby, the lad, do you think he'll talk about where you he overheard here? Have no fear. He'll do no talking. 
I'll see to that. Well, Senor Kent, your Capitan is safely aboard our launch, so we shall be leaving you. You are sure there is nothing further we can do for you? Oh, we're indebted to you as it is, Senor Alviro. Tell your captain for me how sorry we are to have given him this trouble. Oh, no trouble. The courtesy of the sea, Senor Kent. Uh, oh, oh, Senor Barnaby. Yeah, yeah, Senor. Uh, those two men of yours who assisted in putting your Capitan aboard the launch. One of them I seem to have seen somewhere. Uh, could I have a word with him, please? Well, I... Which uh, one do you mean, Senor Alviro? Uh, that one there. Oh, Limey. Mr. Kent, Limey's got a good deal to do below deck. Oh, this I... will take but a moment, Mr. Barnaby. Is anything wrong, Senor Alviro? Well, Senor Kent, uh, it's just that, um... <laughs> No, no, I, I must be mistaken. Huh? I just thought for a moment, uh... Yes? Do not worry about it. I was wrong. And the quicker we get your capitano aboard the San Jose, the better. So I shall be off. Adios, Senor Kent. Goodbye, and again, thank you for all you've done. Nothing at all, nothing at all. Muchas gracias. He's overside, Mr. Kent. We'll be getting underway. Very good, Captain Barnaby. Where is she? Where is she? Thanks to me, Gracie. Here on the main suit. How's she Jim. Oh, Jimmy. Yes, Mr. Kent. What's wrong with you? What's wrong? Why, nothing, sir. Oh, you can't fool me, Jim. There's something on your mind. During the entire time, Senor Alviro from the San Jose was aboard, you kept in the background, sort of looking as if... Well, as if you wanted to say something and didn't dare. Did I? You sure there's nothing wrong? No. Honest, not a thing. Well, when you make up your mind to tell me what it is, let me know. But, Mr. Kent, I tell you... Jim, I know you too well to be fooled. You're worried about something. Something you feel you can't talk to me about. Well, if you don't want to tell me, well, that's all right. Just remember, though, that I'm ready to help you any time I can. Gosh, Mr. Kent, it isn't that I don't want to tell you, but... Well, then why don't you tell me what... Well, we're on the way, Mr. Kent. Well... Looks like you and the lad are having a little heart-to-heart talk. No, on the contrary, Barnaby. Jimmy here refuses to tell me what's on his mind. Something uh, worrying the lad? I'm afraid so. Well, maybe it's something he'd rather keep to himself. Hey, lad? What? Yes. Yes, Mr. Barnaby. After all, Mr. Kent, a secret's a secret. Hey, lad? Oh, I, I didn't mean to pry. If I know Jimmy, he'll tell me what's on his mind in good time. Oh, he will, eh? Well, what do you say to that, lad? Oh, no. I mean, that well, is... lad, you're all messed up. <laughs> Here, now, we'll take your mind off your troubles. Let old Teach show you a new trick. Here, now, let's see. Uh, uh, eh? There we are. A little matchbox. A little wooden matchbox. What are you giving it to me for? Well, you just take it over near the deckhouse there. Go along now, and I'll show you a trick. Okay, but I wish I knew what you're going to do. What are you going to do, Barnaby? Just a harmless little trick. All right, lad. Just hold the matchbox up now. Hey, okay. That's right. Now, then... Barnaby, that night! <laughs> How's that, eh? <laughs> Clipped the matchbox out of the lad's hand and pinned it to the wall with me knife. Don't ever do that again, Barnaby. Just a little trick, Mr. Kent. A harmless little trick. Trick or not, you might have hit Jimmy with that knife. Accidents happen. Not with old Teak Barnaby. I never hurt no one by accident yet. No, sir. Never yet. 
That's Noah. By accident. Well, there's no mistaking Chief Barnaby's meaning. Jimmy's in a pretty bad spot. What would you do? Would you tell Clark Kent what you overheard in the crew's quarters? Well, be sure to hear the next episode of this thrilling adventure of the sea with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. On surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as eleven ninety nine per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. Mystery and adventure have filled the lives of Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen ever since they started on a round-the-world cruise aboard the Clara M, last of the clipper ships. In our last episode, Jimmy accidentally overheard an argument between Teak Barnaby, peg-legged captain of the Clara M, and the crew, in which Barnaby revealed that before very long, he planned to take the ship by force and get rid of Kent and Jimmy. Jimmy was discovered eavesdropping, threatened with dire punishment by Barnaby if he dared disclose what he had heard to Clark Kent. It is now several days later. Night has fallen, and the Clara M moves slowly through a thick, swirling fog. Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and Teak Barnaby are just sitting down to supper. Listen. That on me for a squidgen-headed paupers if I've ever seen a fog as thick as this on a four. You may lay to it, we'll not be coming out of this pea soup till dawn, if we come out of it by then. It sure is thick. Gosh, I was after the helmsman when I heard the dinner bell ring, and when I came down the deck, I just managed to find the cabin. Just barely see the light shining on the wet deck. Well, however damp and cold and foggy it is out on deck there, it's comfortable enough in here. Judging by the way this meal is starting, that boy Sam certainly can cook. Uh, he can, man. Uh... Well, Barnaby, I'm glad you agree with me. Uh... Jimmy here hasn't touched a thing since he sat down. Oh, 
Sure, lad, you're not feeling sickish. Not after being at sea a week. Oh, no, no. I'm just not hungry, that's all. Ah, there's something wrong with you, Jimmy. Wish I knew what it was. It's nothing. Honest, Mr. Kent. Lord, probably off his feet of might, Mr. Kent. You mustn't trouble your head about him too much. Oh, I'm not worried, really. Except, well, Jim has always come to me when he's had a problem, when there's been anything on his mind. Gosh, Mr. Kent, I've told you it's nothing. Uh, frankly, Jim, I don't believe you. I know you as well as I know myself. You've got something on your mind, something that's worrying you. And I know you'll come to me when you decide I ought to know about it. You will come to me, won't you? Well, sure, Mr. Kent. <coughs> sure. Oh, gosh, can't we just forget about it for a while? You're upsetting the lad with these questions, Mr. Kent. He ain't got nothing on his mind. Nothing's worrying him. Why, have you, lad? Why, I... I... Ah, of course not. Now we'll just change the whole subject. I wonder how poor Captain Hawkins is getting along aboard the San Jose. You think he's got a chance to pull through, Mr. Kent? I think so. Well, if he does, he can thank you. And you can lay to that. Took a might of nerve to perform an operation the way you did, following the instructions wireless to you by the doctors of San Jose. It fair beats me, it does. Well, it had to be done, that's all. But it sure took you to do it. Gosh, you, you're just like Superman in a lot of ways. Why, Jimmy, this is too much. Comparing me to Superman, why, it's... Okay, it's... go ahead and laugh. But you are like Superman. In some ways, that is. Lots of times I've seen you go right ahead and do something, well, dangerous, when you knew it had to be done. And that takes nerve. Uh, I'm afraid you overrate me, Jim. When it comes to nerve, well, we won't discuss it. Say, uh, by the way, I haven't mentioned this to you because I wasn't sure I ought to, but I don't think it'll be violating a confidence if I let you in on a confession Captain Hawkins made to me before he was taken aboard the San Jose. Like my timber, the confession, you say? Yes. You may recall that on the third day out, I discovered the helmsman was off his course. I remember it well. He was so far off his course, it couldn't have been no accident. No, and it wasn't. The helmsman was acting under orders from Captain Hawkins. You mean Captain Hawkins actually ordered him to steer the wrong course? Mm -hmm. Why would he do a thing like that? For a very good reason. You see, Captain Hawkins had been master of this old clipper ship for over 30 years. I guess, Barnaby, you know what that means. Aye. The captain gets to feel a real love for his ship. Exactly. That's the way Captain Hawkins felt about the Clara M. Uh, this, as you know, is the last cruise the Clara M will ever make. When we get back to Metropolis, the owner of my newspaper intends to make a floating museum out of it. Well, Captain Hawkins couldn't bear the thought of that. Gee, I think I begin to see what you mean. Captain Hawkins intended to sail her off to some remote part of the world, maybe, and... Well, am I right? You are, Jim. Captain Hawkins never intended to bring the Clara M back at all. He had a notion, oh, an impossible notion, I grant you, to keep on sailing the Clara M until the day he died. I'm only sorry his wish couldn't be realized. Yeah. It does kind of make you feel sad. Hey. Well, we can't let ourselves get down low in spirits. Yes, Heath, you're right. I'll tell you what. Ah, what, 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 what,
What in the name of the seven seas was that? It sounded like Sam, the cook. We better go see what's happened. Oh, ain't no need for you to go, Mr. Kent, because I'm right here. And I'm staying here. I ain't never going back into that dead gallery. Oh, stow it, stow it. What happened to you, Cook? Yeah. You look as if you'd seen a ghost. Sure does. Oh, I ain't seen no ghost, but I sure did hear one. What are you talking about, Sam? What do you mean you heard a ghost? Oh, just this very minute, sir. Right outside the window of the galley, I... I heard the whistle. Whistler? Yeah, some must, Jim. It was a whistler, sure enough. Now, look here, Cook. All this business about the whistler is just seafaring superstition. Get back to the galley. But they say the whistler is a sailor what got himself washed overboard years ago, don't they, Captain? Aye, but... they say he come back to have the ship, don't they? Aye, boy. Well, then let me tell you, Captain, he's here right now. I hide him with my own ears. You can believe me or you can unbelieve me. I believe you, Sam. I've seen the whistler. Gosh, Mr. Kent, now's our chance to get him. If we work fast. All right, Jim. The whistler does exist, and must be prowling around the Clara M right now. Come on. Well, where to, Mr. King? To the galley, Sam, and you're coming with us. Well, just so long as I've got company, all right. I think galley's the best place to start, I'll be bound. There's the whistler right outside the window of the galley, did you? Yeah, of course, Captain. I saw it in. We'll soon find out whether you did or not, Sam. Here's the galley now. And Great day in the morning. What's the matter, Sam? It's gone. Lord of me, it's gone. It's gone, you woolly-headed porpoise. Well, the chicken I cooked for you and supper. It was sitting right there, piping hot. Yeah, well, evidently the whistler is more human than we think. He certainly is if he can eat roast chicken. Hey, you're right. But we won't be doing no good just standing here. I'm going down to folks to rouse out the crew and have them go over the ship from step to stern. Wait. Hmm? Oh, what? Listen. What is it, Jim? I thought I heard... There it is. Mr. Kent, it's the whistler. You're right. Listen. Listen. That whistle came from up at the stern. Oh! What? Something's happened up there. Come on! Oh, uh, God, this fog is so thick. It's hard to see two feet ahead. Yes, you're right. I've got some matches. Oh, what the hell? What in the world? Oh, Barnaby, oh, where are you? Barnaby, oh, oh, it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. I, I fell over someone and I thought... Well, never mind what I thought. There's a man laying on the deck here. What? Strike a match. Man? Gosh. Here, wait a minute. Here you are. Look. Well, look, it's the helmsman. Yeah, he's out cold. Give me a hand here, Teak. We've got to bring him around. Hey, well... Mr. Kane. Yes, Barnaby? Boy, that match, man. It's burning your fingers, and you don't even feel it. What? Oh, Yes, oh. sir. That flame was burning right between your fingers, and you never no, even... I wasn't thinking. I was too interested in the helmsman here. Oh, oh he's coming around. Hey. All right, lad. All right, now pull yourself together now. Come on, come on, wake up here. Where's hole? The whistler. What? Oh, oh, my hand. Did you see the whistler, too? I, I didn't know it was the whistler. I just saw someone sneaking along the deck. I could barely see him through the fog. Yes? I called out to him, but I got no answer. I left the wheel for a minute and ran after him, and then sudden-like, I heard the whistle almost right behind me. Yeah? Turned around. That's all I remember. The whistle must have hit you with a belaying pin. Well, Mr. Kent, I guess there's no doubt in the whistlers aboard. We're sure of it this time. 
But he'll not escape us. He can lay to that. Alfred, get back to your wheel. Yes, sir. I'll send a man to relieve you right away. Mr. Kent, I'll be going to the forecastle to rouse out the crew. Good. Jim and I will keep on around the deck and find out what we can. Well, not be long. All right. Mr. Kent. Yes, Jim. I've got a flashlight in my cabin. I brought it with me when we came on board. Maybe I'd better go and get it, huh? A good idea, Jim. These matches of mine won't last long. I'll meet you at the forward companionway. Okay. I won't be long. I'll get right down to my cabin. All right, Jim. bother to turn on the light here in the cabin. I know just where I put the flashlight. That's funny. It was right here in this top drawer. I'm sure I... What? Holy mackerel. What can that be? Yes, what can it be? What is the meaning of the strange moans heard in the darkness of Jimmy's cabin? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our mysterious adventure, Where's Superman? Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. The Clara M., last of the old clipper ships, with Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen aboard, pushes her way southward to Panama through a swirling wall of fog. Strange and mysterious things are happening aboard the Clara M. For once again, the Whistler, legendary sailor lost overboard many years ago, has been heard prowling about the decks of the old vessel. As our last episode ended, Jimmy, leaving Clark Kent to pursue his investigation on deck, went below to his cabin to get a flashlight. As he rummaged in a drawer for the flashlight, he heard... But wait... Listen. That's funny. The flashlight was right here in this top drawer. I'm sure I... Oh. What? Oh. Holy mackerel. Now what have I got into? Oh. Oh. Gosh, what... What'll I do? I better light the oil lamp. Oh. There. That's better. Huh. No one in the cabin, but... Oh. still here. Oh. Gosh. Sounds like a lost soul or something. Where's it coming from? Seems to be coming from that wall, from inside the wall. There's no door there or or anything. Someone or something inside that wall. Whatever it is could get in, it can get out. Come out, whoever you are, come out. Come on out, I said. 
moaning has stopped. Whatever was moaning must still be inside that wall. Maybe I better try a little trick. Come out or I'll shoot. You heard me. I've got a gun and I'll use it. Okay, you asked for it. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. What the... Oh, a mackerel, a kid. Say, who are you and how'd you get inside that wall? That sliding panel. Ain't you got ice? I've been living inside there since this rotten ship left port. And I ain't no kid. I'm 14. Oh. Uh, What's the matter with you? What are you all doubled up like that? Can't for? you do nothing but ask questions? Can't you? Oh. Oh, I see. You're the one who stole the roast chicken. You're the witch. Oh, my stomach. Gobbled the chicken up too fast and got indigestion, didn't you? What's killing me? Can't you do something? Oh, maybe I can. There's a medicine chest in this cabin, and I think I saw some bicarbonate of soda in it. Wait a minute. Yeah, here it is, all right. What'll it do? Here's your pain, I hope. So you're the one that's been causing us all the trouble. You're the whistling stole. Here, drink this down. What's it taste like? Never mind that. Drink it down. Every drop of it. Come on. Okay, you don't get to rush me. Oh, that stuff tastes awful. Finish it. Give me a chance. Yeah, that's right. Oh. You'll feel better in a minute. What's your name? What's it to you? Now, look, fella, you're not going to get anywhere acting tough. I'll act the way I like. You've caused us enough trouble. Whistling in the darkness and scaring the sailors out of their wits. Why did you do it? That's my business, pal. I think it'll be the captain's business, too. Mr. Kent. Come on. You're going up on deck with me. Oh, Yeah. Maybe I ain't feeling so good, and maybe I still got pain in my stomach. But I still got enough left in me to hand you one on the bazooka. I'm not going nowhere with you. That's what you think. Come on. Stay away from me, or I'll let you... You what? Just it. Oh, hey, let go. Let go, my little finger. What you doing? Oh. That's a little jujitsu trick Mr. Oh. Kent taught me. Now, are you oh. going to come quietly, or do I have to force you? I'll come quiet. Oh. Wise guy, huh? You see, I can't even stand up straight in the kind of I got a stomachache. You get tough. Makes you feel like a big shot, don't it? Stop whining and come on. We're going up on deck. Sure. We're going on deck. But we ain't going again. Ooh. Bounce that off your chin, big shot. You took me off guard. You. Hey, come back here. Go jump in a leg. Come back here. You can't get away. You're bound to get caught. Come back here, I think. Come here. Take your hands off me, you. Until you see Mr. Kent. He's on deck here somewhere. Probably at the other end of the ship. Now, come on. Listen, you, maybe you think you're tough because you got me with that jiu-jitsu business once. I can handle five guys like you. Now, go on, say it. You can't get away, Jim. I just as well come along quiet. I've had all I want out of you. Oh, I see that one coming in the fog. So you want to fight, eh? Yeah. All right, I'll see if I... Come back here. <laughs> hey, you little... Hey, let go of my ear, I'm you. I'm taking you to Mr. Kent if I have to take on a stretcher. Say, you! You call that a punch? Try this one. Oh, not bad. How do you like that? There's more where that came from if you... Oh! Come on, come on, get up. And don't tell me you slipped. Hey, call me off balance, that's all. I'll get you for this. I'll bust you in half. I'll oh. put you... Take your hands off my throat. Take your... You're bending me over the rail. You got it right, pal. You're going overboard. And you're going right now. Then you're going with me. That's what you think, you little... Let's see, let's go. I, I can't save myself. It's like you me. We're falling. <laughs> what are you? 
sure right. Right here. Strike out for the ship. She's moving away from us fast. I can't. I, I, I can't swim. Can't swim? <laughs> Holy mackerel. It's all right now. I got you. Just take it easy. Oh, I'm going to drown. We're not going to drown. Shut up. Stop talking. We're going under. Um, uh, Maybe that'll teach you to keep your mouth closed. Uh, hold on to me. Put your hands on my shoulders. I'm going to try to make the ship. Hold on. Our only chance is... Yes, Barnaby. Well, I've roused them in over the postal. They're searching the ship for the whistler again, and they'll find him this time. You may later that. What were you doing just standing here? Why, I told Jimmy I'd meet him here at the forward companionway. He went down to his cabin to get a flashlight. Uh, flashlight won't do much good in this fog. Uh, it's getting thicker. Well, better than matches. Mayhap. Didn't see no sign of the whistler, eh? No, not a sign of him. I can't imagine what's behind all this, Barnaby. No more can I. But we'll find out when we lay our hands on him. And that won't be long from now, I'm thinking. A good thing, too. You mean the crew? Aye. The whistler was the reason behind that mutiny we had a couple of days ago. The men are scared, Mr. Kent. They're calling the Clara M a haunted ship. If we can lay our hands on the Whistler, why, we can prove to... Wait a minute. What? Shh, quiet. But I heard someone running along the deck up forward. Huh? I didn't hear nothing. Fog is a peculiar thing, you know. Sometimes makes you think you hear things. Wait. Don't you hear... I can't be sure, but... It sounds like voices. You're keen hearing if you can hear voices in this fog, Mr. Kent. I can't hear a thing. Well, all the same, we'd better get up forward. Come on. Hey, right through here. It sounds as if there's a fight going on. Hard to tell, really. Hey, you can't believe your ears in the fog. I'll lay to that. Well, I want to... Wait. Now what? Barnaby, I may be hearing things, but if that wasn't a splash as if someone had fallen overboard, come on. See anything up forward there? Well, not a thing. But if someone fell overboard... Ah, who'd be falling overboard, Mr. Kent? What I mean is if someone, one of your men, had caught up with a whistler and there'd been a fight... Grave your canvas, Mr. Kent. You're imagining things. No one knows a fog like an old sailor such as myself. And I'm telling you, he's been playing tricks for your ears. I dare say you're right. We'd best keep looking for the whistler. You come along, sir. The men may have found it by this time. Hey. What are you looking all through the pond for? Nothing. Only I... I've got a feeling... Oh, never mind. Probably just imagining things, as you said. Come on, Barnaby. Let's keep looking for the whistler. Nowhere, just just keep your head. We'll make it all right. We will, huh? Look at those riding lights in the Claram. <coughs> they get further and further away all the time. Look, 
The body's closing in around you. Take it easy. Be quiet. I won't. Look, we can't see the lights no more. You'll never get to the ship now. We're going to drown, that's what. We're going to drown. Help! Help, we're drowning! You stop struggling. How do you expect me to swim if you... Stop it, or we'll both go under. We're going to go under anyway. We're done for. Done for. I can't swim for the both of us. We'll never reach the ship. It's gone. We can't catch up to it. Stop it. Stop struggling. You're making this a lot harder. Out your your arms. You're strangling me. This is the only way. Oh. Now you'll be quiet. There. On your back. And under your chin. And now, how to try and make the boat. Will Jimmy succeed in reaching the Clara M? And will he manage to save the unknown boy stowaway? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our story with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. Like a phantom vessel, the Clara M., last of the old clipper ships, moves southward toward Panama through a shroud of gray and swirling fog. Aboard her, encountering many mysterious adventures, are Clark Kent and young Jimmy Olsen. The greatest of mysteries has been that of the Whistler, a sailor who many years ago was washed overboard in a storm and who is said to return to the Clara M. at night, walking her decks whistling. But in our last episode, Jimmy Olsen discovered the Whistler to be a boy of his own age who has been a stowaway on the clipper ship. A fight ensued between the stowaway and Jimmy, a fight which ended in both boys falling overboard locked in each other's arms. Supporting the unconscious boy, Jimmy tried valiantly to swim to the Clara M., but without success. Slowly, the red and green riding lights of the ship slipped into the thick fog, and were gone. Meanwhile, aboard the clipper, Clark Kent and Pegleg Teak Barnaby are walking the wet deck. Listen. Strange, Barnaby. Very strange. I was so sure I heard a cry for help coming to us out of the fog. Well, fog's a peculiar something, Mr. Kent. Makes you hear things that ain't there. Now come away from that rail and stop staring off into the soup. There's nothing you heard but your imagination. Uh, Jimmy ought to be on deck by this time. He went below to get a flashlight. Better get up toward the forward companionway. I said I'd meet him there. Well, there's a forward companionway just ahead, Mr. Kent. You can just make out the light from the doorway shining yellow in the fog. Yes. Fog seems to be getting worse, Barnaby. Can't see a hand two feet in front of you. Eh? I've sailed the seas a lifetime, Mr. Kent. 
And I've yet to see it thicker than this. Fit to slice it in. Now, here's the forward companionway, and no sign of the line. No. Uh, Barnaby, you go on with the search for the whistler. I'm going down to Jimmy's cabin. Thank you, all, Mr. Kent. We'll run into each other again somewhere around the deck. Right. See you later. Jimmy's room. Huh. Door's open and the oil lamp is lit. Jimmy's not here. Oh, funny he wasn't. Wait a minute, what's this? Chair knocked over? Package of bicarbonate of soda spilled all over the floor? Hello, what in the world? Why, there's another room next to Jimmy's. More a closet than a room. A sliding panel. What's this lying on the floor? Something wrapped in a large piece of oiled silk. No time to examine it. Something's happened to Jimmy, I'm sure of it now. And that cry for help coming through the fog astern of the Clara M. Of course. This is a job for Superman. Gotta get on deck. I've gotta get there fast. Now then. Jimmy's out there somewhere. He either fell or was thrown overboard. That was his cry for help, I heard. Well, fog or no fog, I'll find him. Up! Up! And away! in the water. I, I've got my hand under your chin. You can't sink so long as I keep it. Oh, trying to save me. Trying to save us both. You'll never make it. Not with me, you won't. Just let me go. Shut up. I ain't afraid. Honestly, I ain't. It'll be over quick. Shut up. I can't swim. This boat's going down. Wait. I won't cut. Oh, my arms getting tired. Can hardly lift them. We're going under. Going under. Even with my eyes, it's hard to pierce this fog. Don't see a thing on the water. Not a sign of Jimmy. Well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I only thought I heard that cry for help. Jimmy's safe aboard the Clara M. Yeah. There's the foghorn of the Clara M. Must be all of a mile from here. Jim had fallen or was pushed overboard. He wouldn't be any further away than this. Well, I haven't spotted him, so I must be wrong. Better return to the ship. I'll swing around. Wait. There, below. Thought I saw two heads bobbing on the surface. Two. Wait, there they are again. Two people, and they're fighting. They're going under. Gotta dive for them. Down! Down! Dark down here under the water. Almost pitch dark. Wait, there they are, sinking. Still locked in each other's arms. There, I got them. Now, up, up to the surface, and fast, up! Keep 
Leaping from the fog-bound water, Superman speeds toward the Clarion, carrying the unconscious forms of Jimmy and the unknown stowaway in his arms. Meanwhile, the ship's crew, after a fruitless search for the Whistler, gather in the forecastle. It's like I've always said, the Whistler is a phantom, a will of the wish. Hey, good luck, one, that superstitious duck. Just because you can't find the Whistler doesn't mean to say he's a spirit. Yeah, what do you know about it? We've been over this tub looking for the Whistler two times and we ain't never seen him. Ain't that proof enough that he don't exist in flesh and blood? What do you say, Limey? I'm not saying a word, not a blimmin' word, I ain't. I've had my say. And what happened? Just when I did you all to victory, when we could have taken this here ship and sailed the way we pleased, you all turned tail and joined up with Barnaby again. Uh, sure, I believe the Whistler's a spirit, but I ain't saying a word about it, not one bloomin' word. Well, tis meself that says let's go to Barnaby and demand to be set ashore at the nearest port. And if Barnaby refuses... All right, Mr. Kent. Bring him in here. Oh, the saints in heaven. It's the captain himself carrying a lad in his arms. Hey, and with Mr. Kent behind him, a carrying young Jimmy. Good lush one up here. So they ain't grounded out of there. Oh, still breathing, both of them. Oh, cool. Mr. Kent and me found him on deck. So how they got there is beyond me. Also was near, so we brought him here. Uh, clear them bunks off. Oi, oi, lend a hand. Must have fell overside, both of them. Hey, but if they fell overside, how did they get on board again? And who's the other lad? I don't know. Can't understand it. There's been a lot of things happening around here I can't understand. Jimmy's coming around. Finally, you better work over that other boy. Hey, lay you here, lad. Let's get your key out of his stomach. Oh. All right, Jimmy. Easy does it. Mr. King. What? What? The other boy. The fellow with me. Well, he's all right, too. Nothing to worry about. But, but how do we get here? No, no, no. We'll talk about that later. Right now, you've got to rest. Hold in, me buckle. Hold in that. Better that. Waltz and whales. You sure swallowed enough water. Where am I? Oh, all right, son. Now, draw some breath. Yeah, I'm alive, ain't I? I didn't drown. You come close to it. You can lay to that. Now, what were you doing oh. aboard the Clary? Now, let me handle this, Barnaby. Son, what's your name? Mike. Mike Flanagan. But all the guys call me Pug. Hey, where's me pal? Hey, the guy would save me. Whatever he is. She thanks a million, pal. If not now, for wait you... wait a minute, Pug. Wait a minute. How did you get on board the Clara M? I stole away. I've been hiding in that secret closet in me pal's cabin. Jimmy's cabin? Yeah. Is that his name? Hiya, Jim. Hiya, Pug. How did you find the secret closet? Well, I got into the cabin before anybody came aboard. I leaned against the wall in me hand and to see a secret panel slid back. Secret panel? Walsh and whales. And you've stowed away ever since? Yeah. And nobody would have found me. Only tonight I caught the chicken from the galley. I guess I ate it too fast. I hadn't had nothing to eat in a long time but Jimmy clamped. Jimmy here heard me moaning. Yeah, but never mind all this. He saved my life. Where is he? Let me go to him, huh? Take it easy, fella. I'm okay. Yeah, but you saved me life. Even after I tried to knock you off. Oh, go on. You wouldn't have... Yes, I would. I'm like that. Anything, anybody gets in the way, uh, I... this chicken you stole from the galley. How did you manage it? I whistled outside the galley and scared the cook. He ran out of the galley to get help and... I went in and took the chicken. Here, do you mean to say, laddie, yeah, that you Yeah, I've been making believe I'm the wish. I heard you guys talking about him, so I made out I was him. But just to get food, see, I didn't mean nothing by it. Except one night, Jimmy came after me. Followed me up the rigging. And I had a jump in his hands till he fell. Yeah, but there's something funny I got to say. Yeah, you told enough. You told enough. Well, men, 
You see where your superstition has gotten you all? Here's your phantom whistle for you, a stowaway. Now maybe you'll realize what fool you've all been. Well, tis me myself that's saying I was in the wrong, and I reckon the whole crew will join me in them sentiments. Well, I'm glad to see you men have regained your senses. Now perhaps we can continue our cruise around the world in peace. Yeah, but listen, there's something you got to know. That's enough for that mm. later lad. Right now you need rest. Yeah, but you don't understand about the whistler. Well, what about the whistler? Well, I'm not the whistler. Not the real one. All right, lad. All right, now. Just take but it I easy. I tell you, I'm not. I just made believe I was when I needed food. But there is a whistler. A real one. On board this ship. I know. I heard him myself. What do you mean, you heard him? Well, it looks as if the mystery of the whistler isn't solved after all. But it will be in our next episode, so be sure to hear it with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look at the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. A heavy fog shrouds the Clara M., last of the old clipper ships, as she slips silently southward toward Panama with Clark Kent and young Jimmy Olsen aboard. Mystery, too, surrounds the Clara M., for a strange thing has happened. In our last episode, we heard how Jimmy Olsen discovered the whistler to be Pug Flanagan, a stowaway. Pug, a boy of Jimmy's own age, had hidden himself in a secret compartment adjoining Jimmy's cabin. 
He explained that having overheard the legend of the phantom whistler who haunted the ship, he had impersonated the whistler in order to steal food from the galley. But no sooner had the confession left his lips than a weird scene took place in the forecastle of the creaking ship. The oil lamps swinging from the ceiling threw a yellow glow over the seamed, wrinkled faces of the crew as all eyes were fixed intently on Pug. I tell you, I'm not the real whistler at all. What do you mean, you're not the real whistler? Well, I was just... That's what I mean. Holy mackerel. It's another whistler. No, sir. That's the whistler. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something's wrong here. Ain't this kid just after saying he was the one that done the whistling? I said I was just making believe I was the whistler. The first night out, I heard him. And I've been imitating him ever since. And the whistling we've heard was sometimes you and sometimes the real whistler. Is that it? You got it. Now, this being the case, it's like I say. This here ship is altered. Altered by the whistling sailorman what was lost over four years, I guess. Hey, lay that bill, Climey. I did not have you stirring up the crew like you did before. Not why Chief Barnaby's master of the ship. Well, it's true, ain't it? There ain't nobody on deck right this here minute but the helmsman. And you ain't telling me he was the one what just whistled your way. Another word out of you, Limey. And by the great horn's phone, I... Wait. Listen. Now, wait a minute. There's only one thing to do. Come on, let's get up on deck. Hey, hop to it, lads. On deck, every man jack of you. What's wrong? Why do you stare at me like that? We ain't going on deck, Barnaby. Captain Barnaby, you squidgin' head performance. All right. We ain't going on deck, Captain Barnaby. No, you're not. Scared, are you? Well, by the seven seas, you'll do as I say, you Oh, what the... It's the helmsman. What in the name of... What's the meaning of the sailor? Who told you to leave the wheel? Uh, I'm not staying up there, see? I had enough. I, I, I heard that thing again. Coming at me through the fog. Light my eyes. Scotty. Aye, sir. To the wheel. And quick, man. Aye, sir. Uh, that's the way of it. A ghostly whistle. Floating out of the fog. I can feel the chills creeping up me. Hey, talk. Now you mean listen to me? Listen to me, I said. I've sailed the sea for many a year. I've been master of my own ship. And master's mate of many another. But wherever I've been, I've been obeyed. Now hear me. You're going up on deck, every man jack of you. And him that second he won't follow that order, let him step forward now. Cheapers, mister, can't look. They're all stepping forward. Uh, yes, Jim. Looks as if we may have to do something about this. Oh, you're all in this together, are you? You're all disobeying me. Well, then, there's only one thing to do. Look, Mr. Ken. He's taking off his jacket and rolling up his sleeves. All right now, my hearties. Take Barnaby's ready. For the last time, I'm telling you to get on deck. Move! And move smart! Or I'll break each one of you in two. Oh, you will, will you? Now, come on, lad. We'll show him. Jump him, I say, then jump him. Hey. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, you man. Wait a minute. There's no need for them to go on deck, Barnaby. What's that, Mr. Kent? You can't blame them for being afraid. Instead of having a fight here, which wouldn't get us anywhere, 
I'd suggest that those of us who aren't afraid go on deck and try to find the meaning of that whistle. Now you're talking. I've always wanted to find out where that whistle come from myself. Stow your talk, me bucko. And bear in mind you're a stowaway. I've given an order here, Mr. Kent, and I... better withdraw it, Barnaby. The only way to get these men over their fear is to find out what's the cause of that whistling. Now, those of us with any sense know it isn't the spirit. Oh, what's that, eh? The news doing that there whistle. Well, I don't know, but we're going to find out. All right, now. Who's coming on deck with me? Well, you can count on me, Mr. Kent. Me too. Lead the uh, way, buddy. I've been cooped up in that there secret closet so long. I'm just aching to stretch me muscles on some palooka who thinks he's a ghost. There's the whistler again. All right. Let's get up one deck quickly. Come on. Now, let's see. Well, one good thing. The fog's clearing. There's a bit of a breeze coming up. Yes, you're right. I... I don't hear the whistler anymore. Barnaby. I think this is what we'd better do. You and our young stowaway friend Pug here go aft. And Jimmy and I'll go forward. And that way, we'll cover the entire deck. Hey, good idea. Boy, I'm just thinking to get me hands in this thing or whatever it is that's doing all the whistling. I imitated it all right. But I'm telling you, there was times when I could feel me hands standing ah, on it. Pipe down, pipe down. I ain't forgetting your stowaway, me fine fella. Now we'll be taking care of you. All right, Jim. You and I'll go forward. Okay. Gosh, I sure wish we were back on land, Mr. Kent. What do you mean, Jim? I don't know. This cruise, it, well, it isn't anything like I thought it was going to be. We've had nothing but trouble since we started. There are things going on that I... Yes? Things going on that what? Uh, nothing. I didn't exactly mean that. And what did you mean, exactly? Nothing, Mr. Kent, honest. Now, look, before we get anything else settled, Jim, suppose we settle this. Settle what? You've had something on your mind for several days now. Something that's been bothering you. Why you haven't told me about it, why you've kept it to yourself, I don't know. But I do think it's about time you opened up. I... I can't, Mr. Kent. I... I don't like to do this, Jim, but for your own good, I've got to insist that you tell me. And you needn't be afraid of Barnaby. Barnaby? How did you know he had anything to do with it? I've got eyes, Jim. You think I've seen the way he looks at you? Don't you think I've realized that he's been trying to keep you from telling me something? Gosh, Mr. Kent, I... take that knife episode the other day. When Barnaby said he was going to show you a trick. He made you hold a matchbox in the air and then pin that matchbox to the deckhouse by throwing a knife at it. Yeah, that was... pretty good, huh? That was done to scare you, Jim, and don't think it fooled me for a second. The reason you haven't told me what's on your mind is that you're afraid of Barnaby. Well, you don't have to be afraid anymore. What is it? I... I haven't been afraid for myself, Mr. Kent. I was afraid for you. But if I told you, you'd start something with Barnaby, and... Oh, he's a pretty tough customer. I've met tough customers before, Jimmy. And anyway, didn't you tell me yesterday that in a lot of ways I was like Superman? Yes, but... Barnaby is dangerous. He wouldn't stop at anything. Now, don't you worry about that, Jim. Now, tell me. What's on your mind? What have you been holding back? Okay, I'll tell you. The other night I was going down into the forecastle to see Scotty. When I got to the door, I heard voices inside. Barnaby was talking to the men. Go on. He was telling them they were fools to mutiny when they did. He said the time wasn't right. That's very interesting. What else did he say? Well, he said he... Gosh, Mr. Kent, 
You won't start anything with Barnaby, will you? You know me better than that, Jim. Go on. Well, he said he had paid the men out of his own pocket to sign on board this ship, and he expected them to do as he told them. So that's why this crew signed on with Barnaby after dozens of other sailors had refused to sail on the Clara M. Yeah, that's eh? right. Because Barnaby was paying them out of his own pocket. Uh-huh. Well, then he went on to say that he'd let him know when the right time came to take the ship. He said he hadn't found what he was looking for yet. When he did find it, then they'd take the ship. I knew Barnaby had a reason for signing on. What's he after? Do you know, Mr. Kent? No, Jim. I've got a feeling we'll find out before long. Things turn out as... A... Wait. The whistler again. Mr. Kent, he... he's up ahead there in the bow. Yes. Come on, walk quietly. This time, we're not going to be fooled. Don't move so fast. And foggy. It's hard to see. Here, take my hand, Jim. That's it. We're just past the deck house. Whoever or whatever the whistler is, he's up there in the bow of the ship, all right. Yes. I wonder what. Oh, I. Jim! Jim, where are you? It's all right. Well, I tipped over a coil of rope. Oh. Close to him now. Jim, this time he can't get away unless he jumps overboard. The ship's too narrow at this point for anything to get past us. Gosh, my heart's pounding like a trip hammer. Maybe you'd better stay here, Jim, while I move up on him. No, no, I'd rather go with you. Well, okay. When the battle starts, let me handle it. All set? Yes, so. All right, then. Quiet. Now. Slowly, silently, Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen move up on the whistler through the gray fog. What will happen in the next few minutes? Don't miss the next thrilling episode of our story with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Behold my Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. Ha <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. 
presenting the transcription feature, Superman! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. Shrouded in fog, the Clara M., last of the old clipper ships, moves slowly southward toward Panama with Clark Kent and young Jimmy Olsen aboard. For some time now, ever since the Clara M. left port, the crew have been terrified by the whistler, said to be the spirit of a whistling seaman lost overboard many years ago. In our last episode, we heard how Pug Flanagan, a stowaway of about Jimmy's age, confessed that he had impersonated the whistler, but maintained that he was not the real whistler. Just then, the strange, eerie whistle was heard through the fog, and as our friends realized that Pug was telling the truth. On deck, Kent and Jimmy traced the strange whistle to the bow of the ship, and suddenly... Wait! Listen! This time, Jim, the whistler can't get away from us unless he jumps overboard. The ship's too narrow at this point for anything to get past us. Gosh, my heart's pounding like a trip hammer. When the battle starts, let me handle it. Are you all set? Uh, I guess so. All right, then. Quiet. Now. Gosh, Mr. Kent. He can't be more than five or six feet ahead of us. Yes. Hmm. Fog seems to have thickened again. Hard to see through it. But come on. Easy now, Jim. If anything's going to happen, it'll happen in the next few seconds. Don't worry about me. Gosh, that whistle is... What is it? Jim, we... We can't go another step. We're right up in the very tip of the bow. I can almost reach out and touch the figurehead. Yes, there's... Nothing here. That's right. Not a sign of anyone. I don't suppose... Oh, gosh, Mr. Kent. Now, take it easy, Jim. Take it easy. The business about it being a spirit is seafaring nonsense some explanation for this strange thing, and we've got to find out what it is. Maybe it isn't the spirit. With this fog swirling around us and the whistler disappearing right in front of us. Well, we didn't actually see him, Jim. No, but we heard him. There it is again. Right on top of us, Mr. Kent. Easy, does it? Jim, that whistle came from right in front of me. There's nothing there. Nothing but the figurehead. Wooden carving of a woman with her hair flying in the wind. Exactly, Jim. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's the matter, Mr. King? I'm not sure, but... Jim, you stay here. While I work my way out onto that figurehead. Gosh, be careful, Mr. King. If you ever fell over... Don't worry. I won't. There it is again. Yes, and this time I'm closer to it. Sir, we're on the right track now, Jim. Mr. Kent, 
Have you found anything? Mr. Kent. Mr. Kent. Oh. I didn't want to ask you before I heard the whistle again. I was right. The mystery solved. Oh, good night. What is it? Could I get back on deck? There we are. Oh, what was it, Mr. Kent? What did you find? Jim, you'd never believe it. But there's a set of wooden pipes, like the pipes on an organ set into that figurehead. Wooden pipes? Exactly. Very cleverly set into the figurehead, so that when the wind blows in a certain direction... It plays that little tune on the pipes. Well, I'll be. Hey, listen. Gosh. <laughs> you know, it sounds kind of pleasant now that I know what it is. Of course it does. Whoever had those pipes built into the ship or why, I'm afraid we'll never know. There's no question about it. That's how the legend of the Whistler started. Oh, you could knock me over with a feather. <laughs> All the time we thought it was a... Well, a spirit. Yes. And our stowaway friend, Pug Flanagan, made very good use of it, too. And which reminds me, we'd better look for Barnaby and Pug and tell them what we've discovered. Yeah. They ought to be coming up on the other side of the deck by this time. Boy, will they be surprised. Yeah. Not to mention the crew. They'll certainly be glad to know the truth about the Whistler. Yeah, but still, it doesn't solve our other problem, does it, Jim? Oh, you mean about Barnaby planning to take the ship by force? Yes. Say, uh, when we come up with Barnaby and Pug, don't let on that you've told me anything. We know he's looking for something aboard the Clara M, Jim, but we can't show our hand until we discover exactly what it is he wants. Oh, whatever it is, it sure must be valuable. Don't forget, he bribed the crew with money out of his own pocket to sign on board the Clara M. It must have cost plenty. Yeah, you're right. Yes, whatever Barnaby's after must have great value. It's all the more reason for us to keep quiet until we find out what it is. I guess you're right. All I can say is... Wait. What's that? Sounds like Barnaby up ahead. Yeah, he must be talking to Pug. Boy, wait till they hear... Wait a minute, Jim. Huh? Listen. What's that Barnaby saying? What? Shh, quiet, listen. Wanted to know me to light on fire, heaven, I'll lash you with an engine to your life. I tell you, I don't know nothing. See nothing. Now, let me go. You start away in that secret compartment for a week, then, Jim. Yes, Jim, Mr. Kent, what? Quiet, Jim, let's hear this. There. You mean to say there wasn't nothing in that secret compartment? Nothing at all? That's what I said, And if you don't like it, you can lump it. Yeah. Hey, hey, you're breaking my arm. That's just the beginning. You see this? Oh, a knife, huh? Okay, what do you want? Mr. Kent, don't you think we better... Don't worry, don't worry, Jim. You wouldn't dare hurt him. Well, either you tell me what was in that secret compartment next to Jimmy Olsen's cabin, or you start saying your prayers if you know any. I'm telling you, there wasn't nothing in that closet. Nothing except... Well, yeah, there was something. Ah, I thought you'd be singing a different tune all along. What was that? Just an old piece of oil silk. I used it to wrap up any food I wanted to save. And that's all, to help me. There wasn't nothing else in the closet. That's all, you say? Yes. <laughs> that's enough. Where's that piece of oil silk now? I don't know. Hey, wait a minute. I remember now. That reporter guy, Clark Kent, got it. Kent's got it, eh? Yes. Well, we'll just 
just have to... Have you got it, Mr. Ken? Why, yes, Jim. It's right here in my coat pocket. The way Barnaby's talking, it sounds pretty important. Yeah, it sounds very important, Jim. Come on. Well, are we going to talk to Barnaby and tell him about the whistler? No, that can wait. Right now, we're going down to the privacy of my cabin. But what for? Why do you... To find out, Jim, just how important this piece of oiled silk really is. Come along. I'll light the oil lamp, Mr. Ken. All right, Jim. There we are. Good. All right, now, suppose you pull a chair up to the table here. Mm-hmm. All set? Now then, we'll just open this oil silk. Gee. Well, for the... A piece of roast chicken. Pug must have been saving it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not interested in what's inside the silk, Jim, but what's on it? What could be on it? I don't know. That's what I want to find out. Mm, it's pretty dirty. Must have been on the floor of that secret compartment for years. Hey, Jim. Yeah? Uh, take that towel and dip it in that basin of water and bring it here to the table, will you? Uh, better bring basin and all. Want to try and wash the dirt off? Yep. We'll have to be careful, too. You don't want to wash off whatever else may be on the silk. What, what do you think could be on it? Well, that's hard to say, Jim. But whatever it is, Barnaby's anxious to get his hands on it. Here's the wet cloth. Oh, good. Now, let's just see if we can get this dirt off. Oiled silk is pretty much all dried out. Mm. Like a piece of old parchment. Yes, and the dust has worked itself into the fibers. If we're careful enough, we may be able to... Make something out of this. Oh, gosh. Oh, I rubbed too hard the silk tore. Gee, be careful. Do you think there's really anything written on that silk? Hmm. Gosh. Here, dip this cloth in the water again, will you? Don't you see anything yet? No, not yet, no. The dirt's coming off easier than I thought. Here's the cloth. Thanks. Now then, here. Here. Anything yet? There's something here. Can you tell what it is? No, not yet, Jim. Don't get excited. But gosh, it, it might be anything. It might be a treasure map or something written by some old pirate. Wait. Or... I'm getting it now. Oh, gosh, let me look. Let me look. There. You just wipe this part off here and... Well, what is it? Oh, I'll be... What is it, Mr. Kent? Jim, it's the most amazing... Well, here. Have a look for yourself. What is on the piece of oil silk that makes it so valuable to Teague Barnaby and so amazing to Clark Kent? Is it a treasure map, as Jimmy suspects? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our story with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Superman! <laughs>
Superboy! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. Bound on a round-the-world cruise, the Clara M., last of the old clipper ships, slips silently southward through a heavy fog with Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen aboard. In our last episode, we heard how Kent and Jimmy solved the mystery of the whistler when they discovered the strange unearthly whistling was caused by the wind striking a set of wooden pipes concealed in the carved figurehead of the old ship. Shortly after this, they overheard a conversation between Teak Barnaby, peg-legged master of the Clara M., and the stowaway boy, Pug Flanagan. This conversation convinced them that a piece of oil silk found in the secret compartment where Pug Flanagan had been hiding was of great value. As our story continues today, we find Kent and Jimmy huddled over a table in Kent's cabin, feverishly trying to discover the secret contained in the piece of oil silk. Listen. There, now, as soon as I wash the dirt off this part of the oil silk... Well, what is it? Well, I'll be... What is it, Mr. Kent? Jim, amazing. Here, have a look for yourself. Yeah, let me look at it. Gosh, I'm so excited, I... Looks like a map. It is a map, Jim. A treasure map. Gee, Willikins. Are you sure? Well, pretty sure. Look, outlined here, just follow my finger now. Yeah. Is the east coast of Africa. Huh? Right here is the Red Sea separating Africa from Arabia. This is the Indian Ocean. Gee, Africa and Arabia. Red Sea and the Indian Ocean. <laughs> Take it easy, Jim. Take it easy. How can I? A real treasure map. Boy, oh boy. No, we're not absolutely positive it's a treasure map. Not yet, at any rate. Let's see. Here's an arrow. You can just barely make it out. It's faded so badly. Yeah. Points to a bit of land just south of Sumatra. Sumatra? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, golly. There's some markings. Let's see if we can decipher them. Fifteen degrees south latitude. Yes. By one, oh, three degrees, twenty minutes west longitude. Uh Uh-huh. I locate the piece of land. I have to look at a chart to get that exact location, but it's certain, Jim, this piece of land is an island just south of Sumatra. Sumatra? right near Borneo, isn't it? In Java. Yes, Jim, the Dutch East Indies. Oh, gosh, Mr. Kent, this is so exciting. I, I... Oh, gosh. For heaven's sake, Jim, relax. Maybe nothing at all. Oh, you said yourself it might be a treasure map. Yes, I know, but then again, it might not be. Well, I don't get excited until we're sure. Oh, but it must be a treasure map. All these strange markings on it, and Barnaby being so anxious to get his hands on it. Yes, yes, but you never know. Wait a minute, here's something on the other side. Oh, what's it say? This is a yeah, yeah. map of Samuel Saul. Oh, gee, Willick, is Mr. Ken. Yeah. Read it out loud. All right, Jim. Here's what it says. Legend. Legend? Gee, that, that's sort of old-fashioned, isn't it? Now, let me read this, will you? Stop interrupting. Oh, okay, I won't say another word. Okay. Now then, legend. Yeah, Mr. Ken? This is the map which locates the exact spot... Yeah? ...where I, Samuel Salt, master of the... Clara M. Clara M. Master of the Clara M. have hidden the booty and the treasure. Gee. Gathered together by me during years of pirating on the Spanish Main. Spanish Main? Pirating? Oh, gosh, Mr. Kent. Wait a minute, Jim. That's not all. This map will locate the island on which the treasure is hidden. Signed, Samuel Salt, Master of the Clara M., June. 18th, 1887. Wowee! The treasure map, all right, Jim? Oh, it sure is. Boy, I never thought anything like this would ever happen to me. Yeah, it is exciting, isn't it? 
But Jim, now bear in mind that this map doesn't give us much to go on. All it does is locate the island where the treasure is buried. Oh, gosh, what more do you need? <laughs> Maybe a pretty big island, Jim. And if it is a big island, it might be impossible to find the treasure. Oh, I don't say that, Mr. Kent. Gee, listen, if we're going around the world, there's no reason why we couldn't go by way of the Indian Ocean, is there? Well... And there's no reason why we couldn't find that island and have a try at locating the treasure, is there? I don't know, Jim. It's something to think about. Don't think too hard on it, Mickey. What? Oh, hello, Barnaby. Oh, Mr. Barnaby. Where's Pug Flanagan? He was with you, wasn't he? Send her below the postal. But I wouldn't worry none about him if I was you, Mr. Kent. There's more important matters to talk over, as you might say. More important matters? Such as what? To put it blunt, such as that map there on the table. Gosh. Oh, you've been eavesdropping, Barnaby, eh? I heard something of what you were saying before I barged in. Oh, well, good. In that case, I won't have to explain what this is all about. Explain to me? To me, Chief Barnaby? I could tell you more about that fair map than you learned in a week of Sundays. Oh, you could. Hey. I ain't one for mincing words, Mr. Kent. So I'll come right down to the point. I want that map. Well? There's something in your face, Barnaby, and something in your tone that tells me you plan to get this map regardless of what might stand in your way. Right you are. Well, you're not going to get it. Gosh, Mr. Kent. You're sailing the wrong course, matey. Before we go any further, I got a few things to say. Go right ahead. Jimmy and I are listening with bated breath. Before this here ship, a Clara M. cleared from Metropolis, I went to see a man named White, editor of that there newspaper you're a reporter on. I told him I wanted to buy the Clara M., and I was willing to spend good money to buy the ship. You, you wanted to buy the Clara M.? Hey, lad, that I did. I've struck it rich a couple of times in my life, and I'm not exactly a pauper. Well, Mr. White, he wouldn't sell the Clara M. So what did old Teak Barnaby do? He signed aboard her as first mate. Aye, and signed on the crew along with him, paying him out of his own pocket. Now, what would be old Teak Barnaby's reason for doing such a thing, eh? I have a vague idea. Well, let me make it clear to you. I knew that map was aboard this here ship. I didn't know where, but I knew it was on board. That's why I wanted to buy the old tub. Not because I'm in love with the lines or the fit of a rigging. You follow me? Perfectly. Now you want the map. Right, matey. And I aim to get it no matter what. So you'd best hand it over quiet-like. Aren't you taking a lot for granted, Barnaby? You hardly think I'm going to hand this map over to you just for the asking. I ain't exactly asking. I'm telling with this... He's got a knife. Right, lad. Old Teak Barnaby's got a knife. Remember how I showed you a trick with this self-same knife? Yes, I remember. Good. Now, this is how it goes, Mr. Kent. The crow is in my pay. Anything happens to you and the lad here can always be explained away. Now, I'm going to ask you once more to hand over that map. Your answer has got to be yes or no. If you say yes, well, it'll go easy with you. 
If you say no, it'll go hard. Mr. Ken. And I ain't gonna do no talking about it. Now then, I want that map. Is the answer yes or is the answer no? That's right, Mr. King. Think it over. Because old Teak Barnaby ain't fooling. Well, what is it? Yes or no? Don't give it to him, Mr. Kent. He's a thief and a coward. He wouldn't dare use that knife. Oh, wouldn't I? We'll see. This knife, Kent, is pressed against your stomach. Whether you live or not depends on your answer. What's the matter? Lost your tongue? All right, then, you're asking for it. Yes. The answer's yes, Barnaby. Here's the map. You're a smart man, Mr. Kent. Now, come along, both of you. The crew's waiting. Come along, lad. All right, I'm coming. I never thought you were a coward, Mr. Kent. All right, the three of you, get in there. Stand over there, Kent. You too, Jim. Oh, and you're no exception, me blooming little stairway. Get over there. Someday, pal, I'm going to take you apart piece by piece. I'm going to break you. Oh, that'll learn you to speak similar to your elders. Why, you skinny little... Stay like that. Take it easy, Pug. Got us where they want us, thanks to Mr. Kenton. There's nothing we can do about it. No, you're talking sense, lad. Irish, Larry. I... Put the manacles and chains on him. There's no need for this, Barnaby. I gave you the map. What more do you want? I want to be sure of having no trouble from you. Oh, I ain't so much worried about you, Kent, as these two lads here who might find some way of starting trouble. So it's into irons for the lot of you until I get what I want, and that being a treasure. Irish, alive me. Tackle them up. But it'll take months for you to reach that island to get the treasure, Barnaby. I and the three of you are going to spend all that time right down here in the break. There. There they are, Barnaby. Good. All right, Limey and Irish, out you go. And now, gentlemen, I'll be leaving you with pleasant thoughts of the treasure. The treasure that might have been yours. <laughs> oh, this is what they call a pretty kettle of fish, ain't it? Yeah. Mr. Kent, how come you didn't lay into that old walrus? How come you give up the map so easy, huh? I thought it was best not to start any trouble. You mean you were scared? Barnaby was holding that knife against you. You were scared stiff. You really think that, Jimmy? What else could it be? Well, maybe you're right. Maybe I was afraid. Now, listen, you guys. What we ought to do is start figuring some way of getting out of here. Oh, forget it. We'll never get out of these chains. What we need now is Superman. Oh, Jim. I'm afraid we're just up against it. Of course, we know what Clark Kent means. That even he and his guise of Superman cannot save the situation without revealing his double identity to Jimmy and Pug. Will he find a way? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our story, With Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, 
Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. As the Clara M., last of the old clipper ships, moves slowly through a heavy wall of fog, thrilling adventures are taking place aboard her. Quite by accident, Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen have discovered that a piece of oil silk, which had been concealed in a secret compartment, is actually a treasure map. But just as they made this discovery, Pete Barnaby, Peg-Leg's captain of the Clara M., entered their cabin and demanded the map. Kent, not wishing to reveal his Superman identity at that moment, handed it over without a word, with the result that Jimmy thought him a coward. As our last episode ended, Kent, Jimmy, and Pug Flanagan, the young stowaway aboard the Clara M., lay in irons in the brig, deep in the hold of the ship. It is now a few hours later. Jimmy and Pug, arms and legs manacled, are dozing off. Clark Kent, wide awake, is figuring out the best course to follow. Listen. If Barnaby hadn't left that oil lamp burning, I could change into Superman without any trouble. I'm afraid to take a chance, even with Pug and Jimmy dozing. The sound of one of these chains breaking might wake them up. I wonder if I ought to try it. Wouldn't do any harm, I suppose. If they do wake up, I can tell them I was trying to break the chains. I will try it. Now then... Let's see if these manacles that bind Clark Kent will yield to Superman. I'll just expand the muscle of my right arm. Oh, oh hey, 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 did I hear something? Why, why, why no. Well, I heard something that sounded like a chain snapping. Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. Well, both of you were dreaming, I guess. You were both dozing off, you know. Yeah, I was kind of dozing, but I wasn't asleep. I tell you, I heard something. Well, you probably heard nothing more than the sound of my chains as I shifted my position. Sort of cramped, and I moved around a bit. Yeah, that might have been it. Yeah. Why don't you two try to go to sleep again? I ain't tired. Me neither. Besides, it's hard trying to do any sleeping with that there lamp shining in my eyes. What did that old wall with Barnaby have to go and leave it burning for? Yeah, that's what I'd like to know. The light from that lamp disturbing you too, Mr. Kent? Well, you might put it that way, Jim. Too bad one of us can't reach it and put it out. Decidedly too bad. If that light was out, I could get some shut-eye, maybe. If that light was out, I could do a lot of things. Yeah, but the light ain't out. Well, you so... keep quiet about that light. The light was out, I could sleep better. But the light isn't out, so I can't sleep. Okay, Tom, okay, don't get sore. Oh, forget it. Mr. Kent, hmm? what do you think is happening up on deck? Well, Jim, I guess there's no doubt that Barnaby has set his course for the Indian Ocean. The map on that piece of oiled silk marks the treasure island as being just south of Sumatra. Well, when I think I was using that piece of oiled silk to wrap up food I stole so I could keep it fresh with... Boy, didn't you ever look at it? Nah, I was laying on the floor of that secret compartment where I was hiding. And I just... Hey, that light. Oh, you and that light. What about it now? It's flickering. The oil lamp is starting to flicker. That means it's going out, Philip. Yes, that means it's going out. The oil is all used up. All right, it's going out. So what? If it goes... See? It's out. Fine. I hope that's the end of that. Hey, ain't that swell? It's pitch black in here. The light ain't shining in my eyes no more. And get some shut-eye now. You're going to get as sick of the darkness as you did of that light. Oh, now I'm starting to talk about it. use of the darkness. Did you say something, Mr. Kent? Yes, uh, I said I, I thought there was someone in here with us. Someone in this dungeon with us? Well, there wasn't anyone in here when the light went out. But there is someone here now, Jim. <laughs> Superman! Don't be silly, Jim. Who is it? Who's in here? Jim's right. Superman. 
I've come to help you, all of you. Superman? Is that the guy no that... No time for talk, Pug. You can talk later. Now listen to me. This is what I want to do. You two boys are going to stay down here for a while. Yes, sir. Well, wait a minute. What about me, Superman? You, Mr. Kent, are going to come with me. I may need you. Now, here, let me get you out of those irons. Boy, listen to that guy bust those chains. Hey, uh, uh, Mr. Bustard, No, not now. I must work fast. If you're all set, Mr. Kent, come along with me. Yes, I'm all set. If you never believed in Superman before, Mr. Kent, you better stop believing in him now. All right, you boys. You'll stay here till I accomplish what I've come for. I'll return or send someone to release you. All right, Kent. Let's go. That door is locked, mister, and it's a heavy door made of oak. Do you think you're going to... One stroke with my fist against the lock. (laughs) Hey, Kent, you hear that? He's done it. And now, Mr. Kent, after you. You see, Pug, I told you it was Superman. I told you it was... It worked. My trick of talking to myself in two voices worked perfectly. Thank heaven I was able to assume my guise of Superman without revealing my identity to the boys. And now... Now to settle matters with Keith Barnaby. And I believe I know where I'll find him. 50%, sir. 50%. Hey, you're gone. Stop that gab, I say, You want to talk, Barnaby? You are. We're going to have our say, and you know no one else will stop us, so help me. You've always been a troublemaker aboard this ship, Limey. A troublemaker? Me? I leave it to the lads. Mads, I ask you, did I start this squabble? Oh, was it me what started this argument about how the treasure will be split? Oh, no, Barnaby, it was you what started it. When you got us to sign on this here blooming ship, you told us that when the treasure was found, we'd all share and share alike. Now you try to tell us you never said no such thing. Hey, I did not. No, you did not. Before you signed on, I told you plain. Fifty percent for me, I said, and fifty percent to be shared among the rest of you. You said no such thing. You we'll said... not argue about what I said or didn't say. I'm telling you now, it's 50% for me and 50% to be shared among the rest of you. And that's the way it'll be, whether you like it or not. And what if I don't like it? It's Superman! Superman! Evening, gentlemen. Fighting about the disposal of the treasure even before you've got it? A double take me! An excellent suggestion, Barnaby. Doubtless the devil would know what to do with you, but I'm afraid old Nick will have to wait, at least until the authorities in Metropolis get done with you. Oh, you look here to me. You may look plenty good in that blue suit and red cape of yarn, but I've dealt with your kind of awe. If you think that knife will do you any good... Keep your distance. I can hit a matchbox at 20 paces with this knife. Take another step forward. All right. You ask for it. He's brought it. Look out! Look, the knife in his chest and bounced off. He ain't hurt, he ain't. Jump him, you man. Jump him. Let him have it. Well, what are you standing there for? Jump him, I say. You jump him first, Captain. We'll jump him second. Yeah, right. Your crew have dealt with me before, Mr. Barnaby. I'm afraid they're not anxious to deal with me again. Now then, gentlemen, this is how things will be done from now on. Captain Barnaby here will be placed in irons at once. Boy, Quiet. No. My good friend Clark Kent will be master of this ship until she reaches Metropolis. You there, Scotty. Aye, sir. You'll be first mate. You're about the only one I can trust. You can put your faith in me, sir. Good. Her first job will be to take Barnaby below and put him in iron. After that, you're to release the two boys, Jimmy and Pug. Then turn this ship around and head back to Metropolis. Right, sir. Mr. Kent will be here to give any orders that may be necessary. Barnaby here? I've got to see him. What do you want? 
Why, I, I... Heaven, help me. What's going on here? Never mind that. You're the radio operator, aren't you? What's the matter? A call of distress, sir. The tanker made of the mist. Bound for Cardiff. She rammed another vessel in the fog. What? They're both sinking about 20 miles southeast of here. Both ships going down fast, sir. Scotty, so change your course and head for those sinking ships. Aye, aye, sir. All right. On deck, you man, and follow them Well, I guess I'd better get up on deck, too. Fog is just as bad as it was. RIM is too slow to reach those sinking ships in time. I'll have to go to the raid myself. Nothing to worry about here, not with Barnaby safe in irons. This is a job that will require the strength of Superman. So up! Up! And away! Put me in irons, would they? Manacle my hands and legs, eh? Well, I'll show them. My chance will come. And then maybe they'll realize they can do this to old Teak Barnaby. Why, by the seven seas of... Huh? What's that? Who's there? Who is it? Quiet, Barnaby, quiet. Oh, it's you, Lamy. What do you want? What have you come here for, to gloat over me? Now, you wrong me, Mr. Barnaby. One has nothing but respect and admiration for the locks of you, sir. You know I wouldn't do nothing like gloating over you, sir. What have you come here for, then? Well, to have a little talk with you, as you might say. I thought maybe if I was to help you, sir... Help me? Help me escape, you mean? I? I thought if I was to do that, you might, uh... Well, you might be willing to split that there treasure 50-50. You catch my meaning, don't you? You don't lose nothing, and... And I don't lose nothing. I suppose I agree. What have you got up your sleeve, Limey? I've got a belt all ready to be lowered away. I've stowed food and water aboard her, enough for five days. Now, here's me plan. I'll set you free. Together we open the seacocks of this here tub. If you sink fast. We get the way in the open boat and taking the treasure map with us, eh? We'll have to get the map first. Kent's got it. And we'll get it. Then we'll row to the mainland. With the map in our ends, we'll take the ship for Sumatra... And after that, there's a hundred ways of getting to that dead treasure island. Real captain? What do you say, eh? Well, I say, nice work, Limey. You're a man after my own heart. And I see that you don't lose nothing by it. Oh, don't you, Father? I'll see to that. Huh? Oh. Aye. <laughs> all right, all right. Come on, up to it. Get these eyes off me. Hurry. All right, but there's no hurry. Let's take our time, I says, and do a thorough job. Aye, a very, very thorough job. What will happen now? With Superman gone to aid the sinking packages, nothing can stand in the way of Limey and Teak Barnaby. Be sure to hear the next exciting episode of our story with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silver age heroes. 
Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!